Hi, welcome to another episode of the Because Marriage is Work podcast. Hello, how have you been? Hope you've been well. Hope you've caught up on all the previous episodes of the podcast. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this episode promises to be educative, insightful. You know what? In fact, I've run out of adjectives. <laughs> you said just two. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're speaking on the subject of boundaries. Right. I think it's an all-important subject. Mm. I feel like I say this every time, that the topic is important. Everything <laughs> is important to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then I feel like boundaries is it is very important to speak to it. And for me, right, I feel like personally, apart from boundaries with, with the opposite sex, I don't think boundaries is a conversation that I've ever really been comfortable having. Because mm. the connotation that boundaries always had in my head was sort of like, you're being selfish. Or restrictions. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that was sort of like the connotation that you always had. And for a recovering people pleaser as well, it was almost like, oh my goodness, you're going to be disappointing people. So mm. it was so I, I sort of grappled with that tension for a bit. The tension of thinking having boundaries needed to mean that you're selfish. Or having boundaries meant that you would disappoint people and because of that, you shouldn't have boundaries mm. or you shouldn't uphold boundaries. I think one of the first things that sort of helped me to sort of, um, to step into understanding what boundaries meant was just to even simplify it for myself. Like, what are boundaries? What, yeah. is, what is it about? Mm. And I think the easiest definition I found at that time was it is what is okay and what is not okay. Right. And the, right. if we're being honest, we all sort of have that judgment system of where we know that certain things are okay and certain mm. things are not okay. How yeah. much more when you're now coming together with someone else? How much more when you're merging families? How much more when value systems, to a large extent, might align? But yeah. in some certain regard, you are also sort of walking through differences and navigating differences. Right. I think that it's very important to sort of know what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah, I mean, I consider it as the limits of what a person is willing to accept. Mm. And I imagine how we might be looking at several other factors as the determinants for, you know, being together, staying together, and not particularly be considering the different areas where the individuals in the relationship actually have a limit mm. to what they expect or what they can accept, mm. right? And many of the frictions that people would engage or many of the frictions that people would encounter mm. in relationships is because someone has gone past a person's boundary. Mm. Mm. And you know what? I also feel like that there are certain things that if you consider like the subject, for us, as we, we are Christians, right? And I feel like God's truth and principles have provided the boundaries of our existence. And the more that we live within the confines of this truth, the more safety that we have found. Yeah. So that has meant that we haven't necessarily had to sit down to discuss certain issues like, oh, you, do, you must not lie to me. Like we, we never really sat down to discuss those things because yeah. we believe that we both are of the same faith. We both are governed by the same truth that we know. And mm. we believe that... I feel like more than the belief, we have over time proven to work in the same set or line of values and mm. all of that. Like, um, without saying, you already know this person will tell me the truth. Mm. Without saying, you already know this person is open as regards their 
um, finances. But I also feel that the foundation for that for us as mm. a couple is our shared faith in God. It, that's that's the basis on which I believe that you would be truthful to me. Yeah. That's the basis on which I believe that you would hold this marriage in a high... So see what I'm saying. Whilst you believe that based on our shared faith, that will happen, mm-hmm. we have also been able to prove it by it happening yeah, over yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, because, of course, I'm saying that because I know that there are people that will listen and they share faith, but they might be experiencing friction around similarities mm. of values or virtues mm, and all of that. Mm, mm. Right. I, I completely hear you and I, I agree with you. But the reason why I was bringing that angle to the conversation is just so that as we're going it through... Yeah, it sets the foundation. And right. as we're going through the conversation, right. if we're not necessarily saying, oh, we sat down to say no lying, we sat down to say no, which we didn't, right? Because of the foundation that we both had yeah. in God. Do you yeah. understand? We didn't necessarily have to sit down to say these things, to say, oh, we can't lie, we can't this, mm-hmm. we can't that. It was it was sort of like, it was a given. The primary yeah, do you understand? <laughs> realities of who we are. Do you get? So, so I'm just saying that as we're navigating the conversation for the, ur- for the audience or for somebody listening who's wondering, oh, did you guys actually sit down to talk about lying, cheating, stealing, this one, mm. that one? I'm just saying that if we don't come to touch on those issues, yeah. it's because for us, our faith sort of already covers on covers that ground for us. And it was something that we, first of all, believed that the other person would uphold. And second of all, by reason of being together, we've seen the other person walk in integrity regarding those issues. So mm. we didn't necessarily have to sit down and hash those ones out. As we did with other things, there are certain things that we actually have to sit down and discuss what's okay and what's not okay. All right. So maybe we should just jump right into discussing the things that we spoke about, like the ones that we had to address and the reason why we had to address it. All right. Money. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like for us, money was something that we needed to discuss, right? Mm. Especially because, first of all, at the start of our relationship, I was working, you ran a business and you still run your own business, by the way. So like I was working and you ran a business and we obviously needed to be clear on our finances on how things went. But more importantly for me was the fact that I had acknowledged the fact that I had a lot of unconscious bias that I was coming in with regarding money because Mm. that had been one of the areas where my mom and my well-meaning aunties had drummed a lot of things into my head to say, eh, when it comes to money, you don't trust a man with money. Mm. You don't this, you don't that. You should have your own separate silent account where you keep money away, where you save money for the rainy day. And yeah. I, I mean, having money for the rainy day is great. But I know that the rainy day that they were referring to was not the rainy day of like maybe a health problem or something. It was the rainy day of when your spouse finally then disappoints you. You then have something to fall back on. And they were advising based on the lens of their own experience and what they had gone through as mm. as as women in that time where they had been marginalized just for the sake of the fact that they didn't have their own. Do you understand? Mm. So I know that I had that as in, like, I knew that it was a big deal for us. And we then sort of had to hash things out regarding, regarding money. And what we sort of came to at that point in time was we saying that, we were going to be completely open about our income. Even from when we were dating, we, we sort of had an open... We literally were yeah. sharing accounts. Like, <laughs> we knew what each person had per time or what each person was doing. Or what each person know, earned and stuff. Per time. Yeah, and then 
And it, it also got to the point of being vulnerable about, as in spending proclivities, being vulnerable about death, even as in like it got that deep, right? And up till now, I feel like it has helped us to be open and honest with each other when we find ourselves in a in a funny situation where it's almost like, okay, resources are, are going in a particular direction. But then that has given us a structure of accountability as well, knowing yeah. that the other person is aware, is able to access your books, is able to look at all, all that you're doing and spending, right? And we, we sort of believe, we run our finances, but we, this is not a conversation on finances. I think that's something that we will still speak about fully. But yeah. we run our finances from the standpoint of every money that comes into the family is our money. It right. comes in for the two of us. Right. So it's not my money, your money. or We don't we don't run our own home like that. And that has worked that for has us. Worked, yeah. yeah. So I feel like money has been one thing that we definitely needed to set things straight on. And having clearly communicated boundaries in that regard has helped to build trust. I mean, yeah. those unconscious biases that I spoke about that I almost brought into the marriage with me are things that I don't even think about anymore. I don't think that one day you're just going to up and empty all the accounts and run away. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, the next area I think is one that is the is the major one that everybody talks about. But or maybe should I save that for last? Maybe let's speak about friendship. Um, let's speak about in laws. I think we've touched mm. about we've touched on in laws here briefly. Yeah, recently. Um. Briefly, we've spoken about the influence of that briefly, but I think that that was something that we then also needed to set clear boundaries on in terms yeah. of how how much the influence will be, how what how often they visit, you know, when they visit and when they don't visit, <laughs> and all that. Yeah, I mean, in our case, it wasn't that much of a problem because I mean, more of the in laws came from my side. Mm. Um, I mean, of course, we know that Mom C can be like five in-laws at once but yeah <laughs> more of the in-laws were on my side so all that conversation was more or less like you know what what are the expectations around you know what they can or can't do mm. you know and all of that and i feel like that just disallows the other person from being shocked mm-hmm. right if you know something that you probably will flexibly or easily do with your own people you know, um, now needs to be curtailed because of the other person, yeah. either privacy, either um, acceptance, either, you know, um, maybe even the level of desire to socialize mm. sometimes because, you know, I know situations where a person is not so free yeah. with the siblings of their spouse and maybe they're going out for, for an event and, they, you know, you tell your spouse, please do not leave my side. Yeah. Do not leave me with your people, mm. right? I'm doing my best to warm up, but do not leave me. And those are like clear conversations that I feel couples should have. Mm. Because, I mean, the, the, the spouse that is the direct relative would find it easier to say, but they are my people, mm. right? And I expect you to be able to warm up to them. They are not strangers. Mm-hmm. But you are not in the emotions of the other person. Mm. Mm. And so... If those conversations have been had, then it will be the responsibility of the primary relative to ensure that what has been established as the boundaries around that relationship is upheld. You know, there's something you just said now that sort of dropped a thought in my mind. Like, mm. 
when it comes as it regards boundary setting and as it regards upholding boundaries, I think something that is very foundational is respecting and honoring differences, right? Mm. Because something is okay for you does not mean that it will be okay with your partner or with yeah. your spouse, right? So being being able to honor and respect the difference in saying, you know what, I'm not the social butterfly. Yeah. I have not gotten to the point where being in large crowds with your family, I've not fully warmed up to it. I've not I'm not fully comfortable yet. Mm. And I think having you by my side will make will make me ease myself into the conversations, will make me ease myself into situations. Don't just throw me yeah, in the deep and yeah. leave me alone and walk away, right? I think that's the expression. It's like throwing in the deep. Yeah, like, yeah. And you know, it's, 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 what I, it's what I was trying to say about how it is about knowing rest and respecting differences because in one, at one end, you can be judgmental and be like, what is it? What's the big deal? My family does not bite. So why can't exactly. you like why can't you and be it feels like that like they yeah. don't bite so why aren't you warming, why aren't up? You warming like, up why are you uptight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then just recognizing that the other person is not you mm. it comes easy to you does not mean that it comes it's easy, easy for, for them, them. and yeah. just being able to just hold space for them and upholding that boundary that they've set just to say, respect the fact yeah. that it's not easy for them mm-hmm, either mm-hmm. in that moment or in your lifetime together. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I feel like because we're speaking to different areas, we've spoken about money, now we're speaking about in-law relationships. Mm. And we're also now draw, drawing on, on things that we should consider when we're setting the, these boundaries. Yeah. We said that respecting and, and honoring the, fact, the difference in personalities is something that would help you understand boundaries mm. better mm. and uphold those boundaries. I mean, and I just thought about, sorry, I just thought about stealing this, um, the one with um, relatives or in-laws. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even the boundaries around what you can talk about mm. your partner, talk about your marriage to the in-laws, mm. right? Even that, because sometimes some people just, you know, I mean, it's your family, right? And you've been used to speaking all your secrets to your family. But yeah. now your secrets are no longer your secrets. Mm. They're now your secret plus your spouses. Wow, and wow. so telling it to the in-laws the way you would have freely done when you were with them as your family, um, is violating sometimes the privacy privacy, of your spouse. Wow. You know, you know, there's something you just said now that I think Mm. that is really profound because this thing that you're saying like this, we've seen it break homes and break marriages where a, 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 a very private thing that your partner has shared with you in confidence, Mm. believing that Mm. it was never going to leave the two of you filters down to your in-laws yeah. and then it then becomes a a, a, a source of ridicule. Do you realize we're just we're calling them in-laws <laughs> instead of your family? Like, <laughs> really, they, they become in-laws, don't they? That's, that's who they are. <laughs> <laughs> and it filters down to either one of you guys' families, right? Yeah. And then it becomes a source of ridicule, a source of shame. It becomes something that then makes your partner maybe need to walk on eggshells around mm, your family. Around them. And Do then you you'll be like, Is, but they're my, they my family. No, no, no. Your family, your real primary family just started the moment you got married. Wow. So I feel like in in (laughs) relationship to in-laws, we're bringing out salient points here in terms Mm. of the things that, the the areas where boundaries need to be upheld. Boundaries need to be upheld regarding how and when they access your private space. But Mm. then boundaries also need to be upheld regarding how and how and what you share with them, especially regarding your the private information about mm. your spouse, right? And it is to the point where you should actually take permission if you feel a need to share yeah. something like, that babe, is, are you comfortable? Are you with comfortable me with me telling mom, this? telling mom say about this? Are you comfortable? And if the person isn't comfortable, 
then you need self-control not to. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes it's just the freedom that we feel around our own family mm. that would make us speak in excess, mm. regardless of how the other person is being affected. Mm. Mm. And then you'll be trying to salvage what you spoiled. Honestly, I know and I most said most times it. it's unsalvageable. Yeah, I know. I know that I said anything it before. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I said it before, but this thing that we just glossed over very lightly is something that we have seen destroy homes and marriages. Yeah, like you should not, under no circumstances, without and especially without any joint agreement permission, permission or joint agreement. agreements between the two of you, should you be sharing inti- intricate details about your partner's private life? with your family yeah. like it is not it is not acceptable and i know that we you know that we we did ex- we spoke extensively on support right mm. and how the ch- you should you should set your um, your relationship up with support support systems people that you can defer to that can help you in times of trouble yeah. and some for some people they think that this natural pathway should be their families either one of them's families yeah. but then i feel like it's just important for me to just reiterate that the people that you defer to, and this can cut across both friendships and in-laws or friends mm. and in-laws, right? Mm. There should be people who are not only safe, but whose influence on you will strengthen your marital bond. Right. Like, it is clear. First of all, they are safe. Second mm-hmm. of all, it is clear that their influence, the way they influence you, is for the good of your marital bond. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. You need to find people who are for your marriage and right. who want to help you grow together. Avoid, as in like, you need to avoid the people that play, oh, poor you, horrible spouse you've got there. Mm. You know, you know, there are some people that when you tell a story about you... And they take your side and forget mm-hmm, your spouse. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, this, in the long run, this doesn't necessarily help a marriage. No, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily it doesn't help because a marriage. Then you start to look at yourself outside of your spouse and outside of your marriage then. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's like now you're separate. Yeah. Right, and you're the better person, and then the spouse is the bad person, and then, mm. yeah, you start to judge. Yeah. And even further, I feel like we should also avoid those who will be destructive to the bond in the guise of being helpful to you. Mm. Mm. Because so many affairs have started with this kind of scenario mm. where you find a co-worker, for example, at work who suddenly understands you better than your partner ever mm. has done or ever mm. will do. And because of that, you feel better but in the long run, your marriage is actually weaker. I think mm. it is very important that we, we maintain... You don't even go down that path Exactly. We maintain firm boundaries in that regard, yeah. knowing that the people that you defer to when it comes to saying, oh, I need a third-party opinion, should be people who are safe and people who have the best interests of your marriage at heart. Right, right, right. Okay, so we've spoken about in-laws. Which other area? I think friendships with opposite sex is a big deal. For me, God, that was mm. the only place I thought that boundaries <laughs> were necessary when we were getting married. Because I mean, that's the typical that's the typical place people would think of boundaries mm. when boundaries are set, right? And I feel like that's where a lot of people feel the most threatened mm. um, when it comes to relationships. Just the fear that my spouse better be mine alone, you know, till death do us part, you know, and the fear around the chance that that might not happen. Mm. But I feel like some people are actually, you, you, you're being very nice and kind, I, but I feel like some people are actually borderline ridiculous, right? I mm. will give, I will give some practical examples of when we were getting married. I mean, I knew people, some, some people that were not even your friends and they just wanted to become your friend around that time. And it was almost like they was, I'm standing with you 
and a lady walks up to you to say hi and then i'm standing there and it's like i don't exist i'm yeah. i'm just a little <laughs> fly that is standing and i feel like those kind of things are not only disrespectful yeah. they, they 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 sort of communicate a malicious intent because mm. I, I i mean correct me if i'm wrong i don't see we should we don't need to be best friends and this is something i've always said to you right when it comes to relationships with people of the opposite sex like one of the things i gauge is that we don't need to be best friends but i need to see that you respect the sanctity of my marriage mm. I, you're speaking with so much passion <laughs> <laughs> no because this is something that i mean i feel that it had to take me an obvious lesson to realize the importance of boundaries mm. right and i'm grateful that we are here having mm. this conversation mm-hmm. you know and it was just a lesson I learned, mm. right? Because I'm usually free, mm. open book. You know, if I love the person, I love the person. And there's no extent to which they can't reach me if they want to, right? And just beginning to understand that there's such a thing as when you can call me and when you can't. Mm. There's such a thing as how you can access me and how you can't. Mm. There's such a thing as the respect or regard you must place on my family mm-hmm. right i mean there's so many things that i knew that i didn't even know mm. right when it came to boundaries for me it wasn't boundaries for me it was just that i did not see the need to push away or put away people that i cared about mm. and people that cared about me because i was married mm-hmm. right or because i am married now and i know that there are several people that share that same position of why should my friendship with other people stop because I am married. Mm. Now, what I then found was that the actual friendships you can keep are the ones that are also rooting for you at the same level or even more than Mm. you are rooting for yourself. Mm. Anyone that wants to be close to you, one person in that relationship, and not to the other person, and even anyone that is even trying to be close to the two of you, but with intent for one person, there'll be an obvious way to find out. Hmm. I mean, I feel like the first scenario that you mentioned is yeah. easier. The second one, one needs to pray for discernment mm. at, 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 at that level because that person is clearly malicious, right? Why would you want to be close to the two of us so that you can penetrate and our so, bond? So what, 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 I'm even, what I was trying to establish with that is that there'll be ways to find out. Mm. Now, when that happens, because boundaries have been set and the boundaries that are set are respected. What is expected to happen in those kind of periods is that whoever is the target is then upfront enough to say there's something fishy going on here. Mm. Upfront to the spouse that might be unaware of such an attempt because um, they are also trusting now that. But, but babe, I have a question for you, yeah. right? And this is me being very vulnerable. Mm. So you know that. I, I, we shared in the in the episode on emotional baggage, and it's not something that I'm ashamed of sharing because I believe that it's something that can help people, right? Yeah. So at the beginning of our marriage, I to, I spoke about how abandonment, the fear of abandonment, was something that I really really clinged on to, and it was something that then made me a bit insecure in our marriage at its very foundation, right? But then that then meant that sometimes then I might I might have been really meaning to things that were not that were not maybe necessarily evil or or things that were not bad, or over, over, over. Oh, yeah. Do you oh, understand yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, like, how do you then draw that line between when it is 
jealousy and insecurity that is acting up mm. and it is actually or this one is plain disrespect this one is something needs to be done here do you understand what i'm yeah. saying so do, I, do I, I, I i feel i feel that yes i do and i feel that i feel that when it comes to emotional matters the only help the party that is not directly affected can offer is to ensure that the emotions are regulated for the other one. Mm. So if I hear you correctly, are you trying to say that your primary responsibility, the person you owe that's, allegiance that's your to primary responsibility. is your partner? It's your partner. Okay. Your job is to make sure that your partner's emotions are regulated appropriately in that period. And however you're going to be a part of that, it might be by even distancing yourself from whoever is causing the trouble at the time. And that's not supposed to say, okay, that partner is supposed to then take advantage of that and make sure that their spouse is then isolated from everybody that they, you know, are friends with. Of course, there's a level of, you know, maturity that people need to come to to understand that people can be friends with people mm. regardless of being married. But my point is, when it comes to the one of fear, yeah, when, when, you, know that as an, when you know that there's a of living, not necessarily because the person is making it up, but because things in the person's life or past have created that kind of experience for them. It's a painful one mm. to even be, you know, experiencing. So to, to, to discount that and continue to enjoy your own friendships and social life, you know, it's then at their expense. Mm. You know, it's as though, well, I don't it's your problem. About you. it's your problem. You know, deal with yourself, mm. right? And I feel like even the times when I did not pay attention to that, coming to recognize that it wasn't necessarily your fault that that was happening. Yeah. It's the fact that you've been exposed to things that have created that kind of state of thought or feelings. But we can help it together. Mm. We can work through it together. We can help that phase pass through and establish trust at a level where it's possible to then believe that I am safe. Mm. Because I feel not making your partner feel safe in itself is already dismissing the idea that boundaries are necessary. Mm. Because the establishing of boundaries in any regard is that you are helping the other person feel safe. Whether it's around their privacy, and that's in terms of the both of you alone, or in, in, around communication, what can be said and what can't be said, you know, what can be expressed and what can't be expressed, how expressions are made or not made, whether it's around in-laws, whether it's around money, whether it's around um, sex or intimacy, whether it's around friendships or whether it's around other friends, what you are doing primarily is actually helping them feel safe. Yeah. And I is I I think it's until I came to the knowledge that that's actually what you are doing, mm. making this person feel safe, because every attempt not to even puts you in a vulnerable position. Yeah. The more some people try to defend themselves, that they know what they are doing, the more trapped they get in what they are doing. That I would say at some point they don't know. Mm. So at the start, it actually starts like you know what you're doing. Like, my wife has the problem. I can't kill all my friendships because I got married. That was not what I signed for, right? 
But very soon, you'll find out that you don't know what you're doing. Because mm. what's going to happen, it will now be that your wife <laughs> would need to sort herself out. While you keep sorting yourself out through what you think you know, mm. until you find out you don't know anymore. I feel like you, 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 completely, you completely answered it very well. And I feel like, for me, that, that sort of was something that I, you embodied during that, fa- that period, right? Mm. Because I, I cannot dismiss the fact that maybe I might have overreacted to certain things. But like I said, they are the you work... You overreacted to several things. Because <laughs> at the point, <laughs> at the point I, I started to worry, like, oh my God, <laughs> What do I do with my life now? What have I done? <laughs> but then there, there's some of you. There are some of the friends. No, I that had, you had, I had really, I had really. So this is it. When I love, I love. That's why I don't have too many friends. So if I love somebody, it's actually that I love the person. It means that we're actually close. It means the person is close to me. And then if it happens to be the opposite sex, that's the same thing. If I love you, I actually care enough to check on you. I am open enough for you to check on me and all of that. But it's for me to then have learned what the restrictions around that type of reality must be Hmm. for the sake of the sanctity of your marriage. And and I feel like that's the... As in without... Without belaboring the matter, yeah. I feel like that is the major. I mean, point. there's something else I was going to add to it. The fact that sometimes, while you might even start out a close friendship without any thoughts of intimacy, mm. you do not realize that the human brain is susceptible to falling into intimate suggestions mm. on its own. Mm. Now, how do we even fall in love in the first place? Check the psychology of it. From imaging, exactly. (laughs) So the imaging of the person, and let's say the person has really good sides, things that make you really, you know, feel like they're they're a great person. The imaging of that, right, begins to trigger the dopamine area of your brain, that then triggers the striatum to Uh, begin uh. to create craving. So the craving you feel for a person is actually an exchange between the image you have of the person, the release of dopamine, that's causing craving through the striatum, and the person, if that cycle continues, it heightens the desire, Mm. it heightens the craving. You now start to think of things that you did not plan to think of. Mm. You start to wish for things you did not plan to wish for. Mm. And so when you find that people are saying, be careful around this friendship. Mm. Be careful around that relationship. It's not because they just want to say so. Mm-hmm. It's because at a point of that cycle running in your brain, control is limited. And how is control limited? There is then a gap between your frontal lobe and the point where you're Oh, God. Craving. Welcome to Psychology 101 with a fair George. <laughs> because this one is no more because this one is not the plan. I didn't even know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. The frontal lobe is where all your rational thoughts and thinking and mm. you know conscious thoughts and all of that happen from, right? The, the moment, frontal lobe of the brain. The frontal lobe of the brain, yeah. And so so you know when there's that demarcation between that mm. and you know the craving center, you find that you are not thinking about what you are doing. Mm. Like why do you think that when somebody does something wrong, they go, I didn't know. I didn't know. They didn't know. Mm. In many cases, they are not thinking. Mm. 
So you might think, oh, they are thinking. No, they are not thinking. That's the same thing that addicts are affected by. Mm. In the in the point of using the things they are using, they are no more thinking. Mm. Rationality has not been able, over, so they are, it's like, it's like they have ego fatigue. They are, they are unable to, the, the way you think somebody should carry themselves or hold themselves or look at themselves or view themselves, they've lost the strength to do that. Mm. At the point where that cycle has run to the level that they can't control mm. themselves mm. again from rational thought. Wow, wow. I think that's really profound because you know it it sort of it sort of hashes things out and just makes us understand i feel like the key thing about communicating here is that all of your boundaries should be in favor of the sanctity of your union mm-hmm. the boundaries should be in favor of the sanctity of your union and as much as it depends on you you should try to uphold that right and i feel like another thing that we need to speak to i think this this term was something i heard Brenda brown say first and she called it to tag the boundary bullies. Mm. Like some of us are actually boundary bullies. Like, do you understand? Like yeah. we 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 are contemptuous and critical in the way we communicate these said boundaries mm. to the point that it is like there's no real reason. You just don't want your in-laws around. Mm. There's no real, there's no real rational thought process. You just don't want people around you. Mm. You just don't want family to visit. Your husband then becomes he, he you you put them in a difficult situation you put them in a difficult position or your wife actually mm. it can go either ways you put them in a really really difficult position where you are trying mm. to make them choose between you and their family or something else or something else <laughs> you are trying to make them choose and you always mm. you know like we have been advocating that the default position is that they will want to look they will want to favor you they will want to honor mm. you but then your marriage should not signal the breakdown in all the other important relationships that yeah. they've had in their life if in the in the guise of upholding boundaries all of a sudden all of the other important relationships that have mattered to a person become non-existent mm. i think you need to sit down with each other and, and revisit have and have a real chat and revisit you your boundaries forward. and say right. you know what these boundaries that right. we we claim that we're upholding as in like let's have a how real is chat how is us? it helping us mm-hmm. because boundaries are not supposed to make you become loveless Boundaries are not supposed to, to make isolate ex- you from the exactly. world. Exactly. They are not supposed to isolate you from to the world. They are supposed to preserve you yeah. in the world. They are not supposed to make you selfish. I just said something there. They are not <laughs> supposed to isolate you from the world. They are supposed to preserve you in the world. O'Shea. So, mm. do you understand? They are not, they're not, they're not designed to make you selfish. Do you understand? Mm. Like, it's, you know, so I've heard it being said before that it is designed to help you love others as you, as in, whilst loving yourself as well. Do you right, understand? Right. Like, so I feel like, it is important that we are also critically honest with ourselves because not many of us can just be very very brutish with boundaries and say, you know what, this is it. I don't want anybody. I don't want your family visiting. I don't want this visiting. And you know that this person, their family matters to them. Family mm. is important to them. And then you come down with rules and regulations that even you yourself, if there were some of those rules... Yeah, you can't take those, right. those things. So I feel like in, in, in setting those boundaries as well, please... Be sure that you're not being a boundary bully. Be mm. sure that it is not contemptuous. Be sure that you're not being critical. Be sure that there's no self-righteousness right, attached right, to it. Right. Like I'm better than I'm better than you. Duh, can't mm-hmm. you can't you can't you see? And you know this self-righteousness, this one that I'm speaking about. Yeah. I remember it in regard to parenting, right? Mm. Because the 
the analogy that I had her share this about was how her kids had gone to a sleepover, yeah. right? And in their family, they didn't used to watch certain type of movies. Mm. And at the sleepover, they were going to be showing a certain film or whatever. Yeah. And the the host was kind enough to actually share with her beforehand mm-hmm. to say, oh, this is the movie that we're going to be showing at the sleepover yeah. and everything. And then she shows like, oh, unfortunately, we don't watch that movie or we, we don't uh, our What's kids are not allowed to understand mm. but it was in a way that fostered dialogue it was in a way that fostered communication not in a way like oh we are I better judge, than judge you the other people wow, wow what parents what, what kind of parents right. must you be mm. that you are allowing a seven-year-old watch this kind of movie gosh you're such a bad parent so you actually put your boundary out there but with respect for the other person isn't mm-hmm. it with right. compassion and empathy. And I feel like when we're compassionate and show empathy, when we're sharing our needs, mm. it creates a deeper level of authenticity, a deeper level of vulnerability. Because she then said that it fostered dialogue between her, her family and that other family to say, okay, what, what informed your decisions in terms of the kind of movies that you, you allow your kids watch and yeah. your, that you don't allow your kids watch? And they were sort of then able to embrace that as a as a thing for their family as well. Right. But then imagine if it was a self-righteous act. Mm. Like, it probably would have been a case of, maybe your son shouldn't come to our house for the sleepover because since yeah. we are the ones that don't know a thing or two about parenting. And I feel like that's so important. Like, assessing to be sure that we're not being boundary bullies. Mm. Assessing to be sure that the reason, the boundaries that we're holding, we're holding them in truth, we're holding them in authenticity, but we're mm. being kind, empathetic, cautious, compassionate to other people as well who yeah. may think differently than we do, who may have a different viewpoints than we do, mm. and who may have been raised differently than us. Do you understand? Yeah. So I feel like those things are also factors to consider. So if boundaries are not as easy as saying yes or no in terms of... Because if you actually do the real hard work, mm. it is actually uncomfortable. It will be uncomfortable for you. Because but I was going to then add that if you actually practice the boundaries that you have set conscientiously, you find that you build habits. Mm. Habits that then begin to sustain what you share and habits that keep what you share. Mm. Because the idea of the boundaries is actually like the reality of your experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you do that well enough, you would create an experience or an environment that you would love to keep experiencing. Wow, wow, that's profound. And I think for me as well, I feel like what I'm also learning, you know that I've said that as a recovering people pleaser, Mm. One of the things that I've had to learn is to choose the discomfort of actually upholding my boundaries over resentment. Because mm. one of the things I could easily dis- default to is say yes, but then I'll be very resentful. Right. Like, so I'll say, okay, yes, it's okay. Your friends can come over. Meanwhile, I'm actually really, bo- I'm bone tired. I'm exhausted. But instead of having a conversation about it, I will just allow it happen as, okay, I don't want to, let me just please my husband, let me just make him happy. But what I'm learning is to actually lean into the discomfort of the conversation that we might need to have about that, to say, you know what, I've had a really long and rough week. I don't, I'm not sure that having guests over this weekend is in my agenda or is in something that we, we want to do. And oftentimes what has happened is that we've been able to reach a compromise. So yeah. the, com- the compromise might be, don't cook, don't worry, don't cook anything. We would order food in. So mm. I feel like it is also leaning into the comfort conversations that these boundaries, while we're upholding our boundaries, will present us with. And also leaning into the discomfort. If, you, if like me, 
you are recovering people pleaser choosing to lean into that discomfort over resentment because you can go saying yes to every single thing but deep down inside your heart you're displeased you're unhappy yeah. and you're resentful of things that are happening but so but in leaning into the discomfort and having conversations about it and ex trying to uphold your boundaries you actually see that you're living a a more authentic life a yeah. life that you're actually happier with for those who thrive in summaries, we've spoken extensively on the subject of boundaries. Right. We've spoken of some areas where you need to consider speak, establishing, establishing, boundaries, yeah, establishing for boundaries for yourself for your and for your home. Yeah. And we've also spoken about some issues that are at the heart of even communicating these boundaries in the first place. Understanding that you are both different and you might see things differently. And honoring and what accept, exactly what you accept and expect would differ. Mm. And only establishing that between yourself would set a rule for how each one present themselves for me really generally in summary it will be that communicating boundaries without any criticism or contempt is key don't be a boundary bully uphold your boundaries but don't be a boundary bully remember marriages work and the marriages that work are worked out we're rooting for you <laughs>